0: Father, we do give you thanks. You are the God of heaven, the God who made the heavens and the earth, God who made us and loves us and wants to be with us now and forever. We praise you for who you are. God, I pray that you would open our hearts now as we we open your word. Help us to hear from you, to learn truth from you, and to praise you in response. And Lord, for those offerings that we just collected too, may you, you use those for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in week three of our four-week psalm series right now. And every year, for those of you that don't know, every year I've been here at Cornerstone Church, we have done a a series over the psalms around Thanksgiving. Because I think it's good for us to remember to thank God, to praise Him for who He is. And, And if you think that that's too much to spend one month every year to spend on the psalms, I did a little bit of Bible math here. I'm kind of a math guy. And if you add up all the verses in the Bible and you divide the number of, psalms, number of verses in the Psalms, you come up with almost exactly one twelfth. So it makes sense that we would spend about a month every year looking at the Psalms. And for me personally, over the years, the Psalms have really helped me to express my emotions to God. One of the things I love about the Psalms is that they help us come from wherever we're at and bring us to this point of, of praising in God and trusting in Him more. And and it's been helpful for me just to to read because the the Psalms kind of go through the whole gamut of human emotion. There's ones in there for when you're doing really well and there's ones in there for when you're doing really crummy. And it's helped me over the years to just read these and then help me to express myself (laughs) to God. But that's that's not the whole point of it, though. It's not just to find a release for myself to say to God how I'm doing. It's also to come to this place where I say, Oh yeah, God, now I remember that you are good. So that's why we do this psalm series every year, kind of a check-up for our hearts to see how we're doing. And today we're going to take a look at a psalm that deals with both the highs and lows of life. There are tastes in this psalm of both heaven and hell, of both life and death. And it makes sense because that's what we humans go through. We go through some stuff that we might not want to go through. And the psalms just take that raw human emotion and bring it to God and ask for help so that's what we're going to look at here as we look at Psalm 116 today but I want to ask you this question how do you do in times of difficulty how do you do when things don't go your way have you ever felt despair loneliness depression anxiety have you ever felt overwhelmed or in danger have you ever felt anguish or trouble or sorrow Or maybe you're feeling some of those very things right now. What do you do with those feelings? Well, the psalm touches on many of those feelings. And and before we get into the psalm, I just want to say there's two wrong ways that we could deal with those feelings. One wrong way would be to try to fix it ourselves. To try to say, okay, things aren't going the way that I want to. I'm going to pick myself up by my bootstraps and I am going to figure this thing out and we can take a very self-centered approach to it. The other wrong way, and it's on the very other end of the spectrum, the wrong way to deal with difficult times would be to say, well, I give up. I I guess uh, this despair that I'm feeling right now, I guess that's the new normal and I'm just going to have to accept it. Neither of those are a very faithful response, yet too often that's what happens in our minds and in our hearts as we go through these difficult times either we trust in ourselves to get us through or we give up and think that there's no solution what should we do instead well Psalm 116 gives us the answer I, I want to read for you now this, this chapter in Psalms it's in your bulletins as well I love the Lord for he heard my voice he heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me I will call on him as long as I live the cords of death entangled me The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I said, I am greatly afflicted. And in my dismay I said, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O oh Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the psalmist is clearly recollecting a time when he was in some pretty great trouble. He describes it in verse 3 where he said, The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. He was clearly going through some sort of great trial. And when we go through times like that, it can break us. Have any of you ever been in one of those times and you come out on the other end or, or in the midst of it and you just feel beaten and down? I think that's what the psalmist was feeling here. He was feeling beaten down by life. And too often, people, and even us Christians, we can get stuck in that. If, if we just focus on our problems and the things that are going wrong. But here's something we need to know right off the bat. We were not created to be able to fix all of our problems. If that were the case, if we were created to fix everything, then we wouldn't need God. And we wouldn't need Jesus or what he did for us on the cross but the truth is we need God and when things are going really bad sometimes it's a reminder to us to say oh yeah I can't take care of it so what should we do then when those difficult times come well that's where verses 1 and 2 come in and I, I love these verses I want to read them one more time for you here I love the Lord for he heard my voice he heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me I will call on him as long as I live the psalmist was in despair, and what did he do? He lifted up his voice to God. No more trusting himself, no more giving up. The right response is to go up to God. How do you do with this? When things aren't going the way that you want them to go, when you're in despair, do you tend to pray more or less in those times? For some reason, and this is all too common for us humans, sometimes we can pray less when things are difficult, when things aren't going the way that we want to. Sometimes our our minds can play tricks on us, or we can listen to the lie of the devil and, and maybe believe that God doesn't care. Or maybe we say to ourselves, God, you could take care of this, but you're just not, so we kind of put a wall up to God sometimes. That's the wrong way to do it. I, I like the pattern much better here in verses 1 and 2 of crying out to God. Now, crying out to God might not feel very spiritual to you. In fact, it might feel like whining. But sometimes the most faithful thing that we can do is just to cry out to God and say, God, this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> to, to beg Him for mercy. To say, God, help that's what the psalmist is doing here he's crying out to God he's lifting up his voice to him and at first well, um, another word that's used in here um, besides crying out is the word call he was calling out to God the word is used four times in here that word call is kind of like a Swiss Army knife word it means a lot of different things it can mean crying out to God it can mean praising him or it can mean proclaiming his name but, but here it starts off with this crying to God. The psalmist is clearly in trouble. In verse 10 he says, I am greatly afflicted. Now verse 10 is a hard one to translate. Some of your translations might sound pretty different. The NIV footnote <laughs> says, I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. And, and just, this is just kind of a side note here, but when you come across a verse in the Bible that you don't quite understand, one of the great tips to understanding it is to look at the context. And for me, the context really clues us into what's going on in verse 10. Clearly from this psalm, the psalmist was going through trouble. Yet in that, he, he cried out to God. He called out to God. And I think what we see then is his faith. When he was down in the dumps, we saw his faith. So I would probably translate this as, I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. It was the psalmist feeling down and saying, God, I'm afflicted. And he said, that The people around me, they're all liars. And he said things, and they're like, Oh, Lord, save me. He was calling out to God with maybe what little faith he had left. But sometimes it doesn't matter how little our faith is, because God is very faithful, and when we come to him, he can answer. So, in the midst of his trouble, the psalmist believed in God's goodness and <coughs> cried out for help. In the midst of hard times, he wanted to praise God. And and I just want to stop for a point of application here. Do you do that? Are you going through a difficult time right now? Try praising God. It seems weird. It seems, you know, we go through these tough times and I'm supposed to praise God, but actually it's really helpful. And I'm not saying that you have to thank God for the horrible stuff, like thank you that everything's going bad. That's not what I mean. What I mean is to say, God, thank you that you're still with me in this. God, thank you that you know what's going on here. Thank you that I can come to you in prayer. So the point of what I'm trying to say so far is that we need to remind ourselves to come to God in our troubles. That we weren't created to fix our own problems. That we need God. There is no other way. Trusting in ourselves won't work. Giving up just leads to more despair. So we go up. We go to God with our troubles. That leads us to look at another truth in this psalm. The truth is that God hears us when we call out to Him, like it says there in verse 1. That's why the psalmist could remind himself of verse 7. He says, Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Can you picture the psalmist going through something terrible, yet saying to his soul, Oh yeah, God's been good to me. I've heard it said that sometimes we need to preach to our souls. There are things that we know to be true in our heads, but sometimes when we go through those hard times, we have a hard time reminding our hearts of that truth. And sometimes we just need to talk to our souls. I've even said, grab our souls by the lapels and say, Remember, God has been good to you. When we stop and think about how good God is, it, it helps us in our difficulties. It's not to minimize our difficulties, but it's just to remember who God is in the midst of them. And that's why the psalmist could look ahead with confidence and he said in verse 9, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Now when he says land of the living, I'm not exactly sure whether he's referring to his his present walk with the Lord or whether he was looking ahead to eternity or maybe he was thinking of both of them. But either way, the truth is that God wants to be with us in what we're going through and He's promised us eternity for those who know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So the truth is, we can walk with God and we can look forward to an eternity of walking with God. And it's not just that God rescues us or saves us when we've done it well or when we've earned His approval. The point of verse 6, the word simple-hearted there, is a word that refers to us when we haven't exactly been doing things right. The word simple is that word used in Proverbs It talks about the people who don't really walk on the right path. And and the amazing truth of verse 6 is that even if it's our own mistakes, our own foolishness that has caused the trouble, we can still go to God and He can rescue us. He wants to be with us in our trouble. So we should call out to God. But some people stop doing that. Some people, when they go through difficult times, stop calling out to God. Why is that? Well, I think that there might be two reasons why a person would stop calling out to God. One would be because we think that God can't help or that He won't help. Either that God isn't willing to help us or that He isn't able to help us. But if that's where we're coming from, if we think that God isn't willing or able to help us, that is a huge problem in our faith. If we've been believing the lie of Satan or the lie of the world or the the lie of our flesh, that God doesn't care about us or that God isn't strong enough to help us in what we're going through, that, that needs to be corrected and we need to have an enlarged view of who God is. The truth is that God hears us, God loves us, and God is plenty powerful enough to help us in whatever we're going through. So I have two big ideas for today and my first one, if you're following along there in the bulletin, Our God hears and saves. Our God hears and saves. Yes, our troubles can seem very big, but God is bigger. We might feel in the midst of these hard times stuck. We might even rightly feel helpless, because sometimes we are. But the truth is that God is with us. And that's why the psalmist said in verse 4, Then I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord, save me. He went to God, and God's response was to rescue, to save. So whether we're talking about the, you know, just a tiny little trouble that you might be going through, or whether we're talking about our greatest need to be saved from sin and death, the truth is that God hears and saves. He cares about what we're going through. Wants to be with us in it, and wants to deliver us. Now I want you to think about the God who saved in light of what we're going to study coming up at, at Christmas time. The, the names of Jesus. So remember that the angel came to Mary and said you're going to have a baby and you're to give him the name Jesus and you're to call him Emmanuel. Does anybody know what the name Jesus means? Savior. What? Savior? Savior? Save us. It, mean, it means the Lord saves. Same name as Joshua in the Bible. It means the Lord saves. So, as God revealed Himself to us through Jesus Christ, He wanted us to know something about Himself. He wanted us to know that the Lord is a God who saves. And then the name Emmanuel, I I know many of you know that that one means. What is it? God is with us. What God wants us to know through Jesus is that God is with us in the troubles that we go through. I think that we sometimes get this impression, when I go through a difficult time, it's like I'm on my own and God has forgotten about me. But the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God is with us and longs to be with us now and forever. And it is very good news indeed. Because of who Jesus is, we can be completely saved. Jesus Christ is our Savior. When He died on the cross, He died to save us from the worst thing that stood against us, our own sin and the penalty of it. He took it upon Himself and rescued us so that any of us who give our lives to Him, who confess Him as Savior and Lord, who give our hearts to Him, that we can have complete forgiveness of sins and a relationship with Him that lasts from now throughout eternity. That's the kind of saving that God does. He wants us to know that that's who He is. So when we're tempted to despair, what we should do is call on the God who saves because if he's able to save us from sin and death he's able to rescue us from what we're going through. Because like it says in verse 5 it says the Lord is gracious and righteous our God is full of compassion. When we come to him in these difficult times he wants us to know how he's going to respond. We don't have to worry it's not like we go up to this God and be like "Um, God I hate to bother you but uh, would you mind helping me out a little bit? You know we have to oh what are you going to do? It's not like that. God wants us to know that he is compassionate gracious and righteous God wants us to know that this is who he is and my heart for you is, as we talk about Psalm 116 is for you to know that God cares what you're going through for some of you you're going through something that's maybe really terrible and difficult do you know that God cares about that? Maybe it's just kind of a little thing but kind of an annoying thing. Do you know that God cares about that? Maybe it's a total life upheaval sort of a thing. God cares about what you're going through right now. This psalm wasn't just written for one special guy back 2,500 years ago, 3,500 years ago. This psalm was written for us so that we might know that God cares about the stuff that we're going through the junk that we're going through the difficulties in our own hearts that we're going through God cares and wants to hear about it from you wants to rescue you God cares about the big stuff of our life even if we think about death look at verse 15 precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints don't misunderstand that verse I there's a note in my Bible here that explains that verse. I'll read it for you. It says, this verse, often read at funerals, in no way implies that God enjoys the death of His people. Instead, it means that He carefully watches over their death and that it matters deeply to Him. The whole psalm praises God for saving from death. Our lives matter to God. He watches over us. He cares about what's going on with us. He's not indifferent. He's not too busy. He loves us and He cares. So that's who God is. I've, I've, I wanted to take that time to, to show you who God is and how He responds to us and our difficulties. But now I want to ask a different question. How should we respond? If that's who God is, and, and it's, to me it's a glorious picture of God caring about us and rescuing us, if that's true of Him, what should we do? Well, we should worship Him, is the simple answer. Last week I gave a simple definition of worship, that it's knowing who God is and living accordingly. So if it's true that God loves us, hears us, and rescues us, how should we respond? Or as the psalmist put it in verse 12, he said, How can I repay the Lord for all His goodness to me? Well, he he answers his own question in the next seven verses. He gives us four ways that we can and should respond to God for what he's done for us. Now, on one hand, we could never repay God for what he's done. The gift that he's given is so immeasurable that we could never repay him fully. Yet, I think that we are to show our gratitude to him for that gift. Pastor friend of mine said this week that gratitude is an indicator of how well we understand the gospel. I, I thought that was an interesting way of putting it, that God has done so much for us, and if we really have understood the great gift that God has given, it should show itself in how grateful we are to God. So how grateful are you? How well do you understand the gospel message? So my big idea number 2 today is that we should repay the Lord with gratitude. We should repay the Lord with gratitude. How do we show this gratitude? Like I said, there's four ways in Psalm 116 first one from verse 13 he says i will lift up the cup of salvation that's the one we talked about at communion time here to take up the cup of salvation is to embrace all the blessings that god wants for us god wants to pour out rich blessings into our lives and and no i'm not talking about porsches and mansions necessarily but deep spiritual soul nourishing blessings that god wants to give to us and we are to embrace those from God. And as we embrace them, it's kind of like we lift up that cup of victory and we say, praise the Lord for what he's done. We, we should tell God how thankful we are. We should tell other people how thankful we are. We should show our gratefulness to him in lifting up the cup of salvation. And, and the word picture of that cup is a cup of blessing that God gives to us. King David said in Psalm 23, 5, my cup overflows that's who God is. The God who, bless, who blesses abundantly. Which is... It's kind of odd to think of. We're, we're talking about trials and difficult times. But the truth is... Is that God blesses us abundantly. Even to the point of overflowing. second way that we can show our gratitude to God... Is from verse 13 and verse 17. To call on the name of the Lord. As I mentioned before, that word call can mean to cry out to Him or to praise him or to proclaim him. Psalm one oh five gets all three of those in one verse. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. And and this can be both a public and a private thing. Sometimes just in the privacy of our own homes, we're to find a quiet place sometimes and just cry out to God. And maybe that's where some of you are right now. Maybe that's an application of this Psalm for you today. Is that you need to find a quiet place today a place where you can just cry out to God and say, God, this is what I'm going through. Would you please help me? It's one of the most faithful things that we can do. Or maybe you're rejoicing and you want to shout to the Lord. And that's where public times of praising God are so appropriate. And we're going to end our our worship service today with the song, Hallelujah to my King. We're going to praise God. It's very appropriate to shout to God in worship. A third way that we can show our gratitude to God, from verses 14 and 18, it says, I will fulfill my (coughs) vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. A vow is something that someone would make with God because of God's goodness. So, for example, if someone senses God rescuing them from danger, they might say, God, thank you, I'm going to praise you for the rest of my life for what you've done. Maybe we don't think much of vows anymore, but I think that they can actually be very spiritually beneficial. And I think it's something, something right that we can and should be doing. Here's the basic format of a vow. In light of who God is, I will commit to blank. For me, I remember uh, kind of a vow. I, I don't remember it specifically, me using the word vow. But I remember some of my teachers when I was in high school saying that the Bible is the word of God. In his mercy, he has given it to us. And we should commit to reading it. And and they challenged me to reading it daily. And I stopped and I I thought about that. And I said, if that's true, which I believe it is, that the Bible is God's word, then I should get to know it. And I made a commitment to reading it daily. It's kind of a vow that I've made before the Lord. Or look at verse 2 in our psalm. There's another kind of a vow in here. It says, because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. He came to know God as the God who hears and his response was to make a vow to praise him, to call on him as long as he lived. Um, Bill Bright, the, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, he was a businessman before he founded Campus Crusade for Christ, and he liked to work with contracts and commitments. And he made a commitment to the Lord early on in his life. His commitment was to share the gospel with at least one person every month. And, and I know Bill Bright, and I, I know that he made every effort to fulfill that commitment that he had made to the Lord. And I believe that God blessed that commitment and and has used Bill Bright and that organization to share the gospel all over the world now. Or for me, as I think about the things that God has gotten me through, as I was thinking about Psalm 116, I I was thinking about a period of my life uh, where some things just didn't seem to be going the way that I wanted them to go. And I remember the Psalms being so meaningful to me in those days. And it was so refreshing for me to pick up my Bible, to open up to the Psalms, and just see that I'm not the first one that's ever gone through something like this. And that God is still with me in it, and He's still worthy of praise. And it just reminded me to continue to praise God even in the midst of difficult times. Again, maybe not an official vow that I made, but my heart's desire was to praise the God who had revealed Himself to me as the God who hears. Are there any vows that you've made to God? Are there any vows that maybe you feel like you should make to God today? Again, I don't think it's wrong to make these vows before God in light of who he is to say, God, because of who you are, I want to commit to praising you all my days. That's a very appropriate thing to say to God. He is worthy of that kind of worship. A fourth way, then, that we can show our gratitude to God, this is from verse 17. It says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you. A thank offering was simply something given to God by someone because they wanted to thank Him. It was was an offering, oftentimes an animal sacrifice in the Old Testament. Now, we don't have to do the animal sacrifice anymore. Thank God for that. Um, But the heart behind those sacrifices in the Old Testament, the heart that wanted to honor God and to thank Him, that should be our heart as we sacrifice thank offerings to Him, as we praise Him, as we, we tell Him thanks for what He's done. We should be doing that regularly. And this is, again, I I, I say this tip here pretty regularly, but try starting off your prayers with thanksgiving. Even if, and maybe especially if you're about to pray for something that's really difficult, try thanking God. It's a perspective that can really change the course of our lives and, and put us on the right path with God. Thankfulness is key in our lives. If things aren't going well, like I said, try thanking God. If things are going really well for you, you should remember to thank God for that too because it's, it's not we who have made things go well for ourselves. So thanking God is really crucial whether things are bad or whether things are good. Helping us to stay on the right track with God. Like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Gratitude is important in our lives. Gratitude is an antidote for us because it reminds us of our need for God. So many of the problems that we face in our lives are when we forget how needy we are before God. Gratitude reminds us to be humble, to say, God, thank you. God, I need you. There are so many things that we can't do for ourselves. And being grateful to God reminds us of who we are and how good He is to us. So really the best thing that we can offer to God in repayment for what He's done for us is thanksgiving. Grateful hearts. That's why this psalm ends with the word praise the Lord. or The Hebrew for those words, want a little Hebrew lesson here? Praise the Lord in Hebrew is hallelujah. You ever heard that one before? Hallelujah. we should be forming within us a lifestyle of worshiping God, of thanking Him for who He is, even in the difficult times. As we do that, as we focus on Him, as we gain a clearer picture of who He is, and then as we live our lives according to who He is, that's worship, and that's what we should be committed to doing for the rest of our lives. That kind of worship comes from grateful hearts. So I hope that your heart has learned to be grateful to God, to the God who hears us and saves us just a quick conclusion here it is right to worship the God who loves us what we see clearly in Psalm 16 is a picture of God and his love for us and it's right for us to worship the God who loves us like that 1 John 4.19 says we love because God first loved us do you see that pattern in this psalm God showed his love to the psalmist and the psalmist in response said thank you God I will continue to thank you we should thank God too and one of the ways we should do it is by worshipping him because he cares we can go to him and because he loves we should worship him and then just again to repeat one thing I said earlier I just want to repeat again I want you to know that God cares about what you're going through I want you to know that he's seen it that he cares about it that he has a wonderful plan in the midst of it he loves you he wants what's best for you and he does care about that thing or those things that you're going through right now you can talk to him you can call out to him you can cry out to him and as you're doing that I just hope that you remember to be thankful for how good he is and that your hearts are grateful and that you want to worship him Our God is worthy of praise. So I'll just close my sermon by saying, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for who you are. You are so good to us. You love us. You care for us. You care about what we're going through. And you are the God who saves. You save us from our troubles. And on a much bigger scale, you've saved us from our sin. We thank you for the victory the salvation that has come to us through Jesus Christ. We again commit ourselves to you, God, knowing Jesus is Savior and Lord. We want to follow you and worship you all the days of our lives. May we remember how good you are and may our hearts be grateful, God. You are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.